Welcome to Blondie and the Brit, Writing, Publishing, and Beyond. You can find our show notes and more information about our podcast at blondieandbrit.com. That's B-L-O-N-D-I-E-A-N-D-B-R-I-T.com. Welcome to Blondie in the Brit podcast. I am Blondie, KJ Waters. And I'm Suzanne Calvin, I'm the Brit. And together we're Blondie in the Brit. Yay! Woohoo! I am the author of Stealing Time. And I'm the author of the Rejected Writers Book Club. Welcome to Blondie in the Brit. Today I have the pleasure of interviewing one of our podcast award winners, Vaughn Murphy, she won the most inspired storytelling, and I have to say, it is just Vaughn and I. Suzanne is off this week, so you'll have to be stuck with just Vaughn and I. So, welcome, <laughs> <laughs> welcome, Vaughn. Thank you for having me. <laughs> You're welcome. Congratulations on winning. You had the most votes in that category. So, awesome. Vaughn. And I'm still reading articles, so <laughs> I'm still trying to draw inspiration from the everyday, so... I've been reading some of the things that you've posted recently. It's been really fun diving into your science world, too. So. <laughs> oh, awesome. Yeah. yeah, the article, the most recent one about entropy being a possible cause for consciousness, I thought that one was pretty interesting. Yeah. And then, you know, of course, vampire bats eating on humans. That oh, part was fun. <laughs> I missed that one. But the other one I think you posted was the one about why you actually have appendix. Was that you? Oh, yes, that was me. Yeah. The doctors took mine for no reason, <laughs> without oh. my permission. Dude. So I am appendix-free. Is that because of another operation you had and they just thought, jank it up? Yes, I had an emergency abdominal operation in 2005, and while they were in there trying to figure out what was going on, they were like, well, we'll just take her appendix since she'll have the same scars. Oh, gosh. Just in case. <laughs> yeah, that was, so. that was standard procedure for a while. If you had a hysterectomy... I mean, uh, if you had Any a abdominal uh, C-section, up. yeah, they just like, well, we'll just snip that out. So interesting. Well, let's get on to your newest book on November 30th. You released The Blood Key, which is outside of the Weaver series that you have been working on. Can you tell us what the book's about and how you've marketed it and give us some information on how it's done? Well, it's another science fiction novel. <laughs> I've been pretty strong on the sci-fi as far as what I've released so far. And of course, the wonderful Nathalia Swellen has done the cover again. Yeah. And then I even included a character sketch of my main character, Zena Scala. Yes. Is, uh, you are such a good artist to be able to just whip that up. That's pretty impressive, man. Well, thank you. Well, my dream is one day to actually have an illustrated novel where I've done all the illustrations. Wow. Someday I will get there. <laughs> you need your kids to be in college, but <laughs> probably. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know we've talked about my writing schedule before, but I think it's finally starting to wear on me yeah. as far as getting up at three o'clock in the morning and working all day and all that fun stuff. So yeah, I seriously have no um, idea how you manage that. That would drive me insane. Think just the getting up, whether it was for writing or whatever else. Don't make me get up early. It's horrible. <laughs> Well, it's the only time I can find quiet. Yes. So, no, I understand. Um, Trust me, I got, I got the same issue, so I, I get it. It's just that I'd stay up when they're all in bed at the other end of the day, which is nighttime. <laughs> Instead of crack of dawn, so yeah. Well, my main character for the Blood Key, her name's 
Scowling. She is committed to an asylum as a young girl after the unexplained disappearance of her half-brother and the assumption of his death. So at 18, they let her go. And she ends up moving back to her abandoned estate. And basically her stepmother, because her father's missing and out of the picture and also presumed dead, has basically said she can have the estate, but she never wants to see her stepdaughter again. And then events begin to unfold from there. And we kind of find out what happened. Wow. Now, how did you come up with the idea for this? For the blood key? Actually, yeah. that was in my more pantsery days. Pantsery days. <laughs> so, oh, that's a good expression. I, I actually started that book with that no clue where I was going with it. I just had a character in a situation, and I went from there. Hey, that's kind of cool. So you went back after you did the Weaver series. You went back to a draft that you had written previously. Actually, no. I just started this when I had a thought, and I had a thought of a scene, and it just popped in my head, and it was very real. Started writing it, and then it turned into a book rather quickly. That is cool. Now, is this the first in a series, or is this just a standalone? You know, I have it labeled as a first in a series, but I am very much toying with the idea of making a duology. I think I brought duologies up in our last interview. Yeah. As far as instead of having a trilogy and then just, you know, have the two books and cut out the slow middle. So, um, (laughs) but if I get very involved in the story, I may stretch it out. And it may end up being a series like the Weaver series. Yeah, they may kidnap you. Your characters may just hijack the whole thing and turn it into like 12 books. Who knows? (laughs) Who knows? You never know. Really been into writing short stories lately. They seem to kind of help with structure. Yeah. So that's cool. So you, I'm guessing at some point you'll have a short story compilation with illustrated companion book. (laughs) Yes, I think that would be a worthy goal. Also, short stories are a great way to enter into contests and get feedback, valuable feedback from judges, and also just to get your name out there. And if you start, you know, putting your name out and putting your work out and it gets recognized and possibly even win some contests, then, you know, that's also a way to get the attention of agents and publishing companies and the like. Yes. And I want to get to that in a minute because I saw you posted today about contests you're in. But before we do that, I want to hear about how you marketed this book, especially since it is a separate series from what you've already done. And I mean, I was still science fiction, so it's still in your genre. But how have you managed to promote it with a completely different set of characters and everything else? What have you done differently? Well, I make sure that it's apparent that it is a completely different story. You're always going to run into people that like the characters in the world of your prior series and don't fall as much in love with anything new because they like what they like and they want you to write more of what they like, which is fine. I mean, I like to be liked. That's a good problem (laughs) to have, right? Right. So my hope with launching a new series would be to draw in other readers that like this different style. It's a very, very fast-paced story as opposed to the Weaver series, which is more of a Bennett by Bennett and slow build. Ah, yes. 
That's a really interesting thing. So is it about the same length of a story as the other series and, you know, each of the books? Or did you make it shorter or longer? Or how did that work out? It ended up being shorter. I think the, that book was about 74, 75,000 words as opposed to the Weaver series books, which are usually just over 100,000 words. Ah, so it was shorter. So quicker pace, shorter story. Is it the yeah. same genre i know sci-fi and it's alien shape-shifting so in that terms but in terms of like target market of adults young adults new adults where did you place it in there new adults for the blood key young adults initially if you just look at age for the weaver series but really written for adults Right. Okay. Very cool. And so tell us what tips do you have that you use this time and including your other book launches? Would you suggest to somebody who's about to launch a book? What kind of things did you do that you've used from previous times that worked really well? Well, NetGalley is a great review generator as far as, you know, it gets your word out to booksellers, to agents even, to which agents not so much if you're self-publishing, <laughs> then to bloggers and just regular old book reviewers. Right. And it kind of, you know, kind of helps you network and meet new readers. Right. And so I did, I did enroll in that galley again for the blood key. And it's been interesting reading the comments because I had repeaters. So people that had um, used NetGalley to find the Weaver series and review it. And then they saw my name and ah. found the blood key and decided to read it. And it's interesting to hear their thoughts on, you know, how things have changed. Yes, especially since they were familiar with your other characters. Now, explain for our listeners in case they don't know what NetGalley is. Explain to them what that is. It is a site where you can post your work and it's out there for anyone who's a member of NetGalley to read and review it as long as they post where they received the book from and that they received it for free. So almost all the reviews from NetGalley start with, I received this book from NetGalley for review and then they post the review because otherwise you run into Amazon taking down reviews that are not an actual purchase right. or they view as dishonest because, you know, they have a lot stricter reviewing policies now than they used to. Yes, they do. And they're getting rid of some of the scammers that were out there abusing the system. So, right. but you do have to follow the rules. There's no payment for reviews or even exchange and that kind of thing. So no, the only, the only exchange is if someone indicates that they want to have an exchange and that's just an interview. So no free merchandise yeah. between people and yeah, none of that. Right, right. And I meant like a review exchange. So like if you write a review for my book, I'll write a review. For oh, you. yes, yes. That never even occurred to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're, I know you're not allowed to do that. You can offer to review someone's book, but you can't say as a swap. So right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they've gotten a lot, a lot stricter. Okay, so... With that in mind, so you did NetGalley. What other things did you do? Did you like a, do a blog tour or any of those types of promotions? I haven't done a blog tour this time. I have been very consumed with my day job <laughs> and life in general, so I haven't put as much into the marketing this go around. I did do a Shelf Media Group ad, which is an indie magazine that's pretty well known and has a very large following. Huh. And I had an ad in there, but I think... 
probably the blood key will not take off as strong because whenever I released the Weaver series, I had already written three of the books. Yeah. And they were all just waiting in the background for me to prep them and publish them. So they were released very close together. And that actually is, I find, after reading articles and talking to other indie authors and the like, that people like them released rather close together so that they don't have to wait for the sequels. Yes. And that is totally my problem because it takes me about a year to write a book. <laughs> but I also don't <laughs> have the patience to wait like three years before I publish anything. So I'm definitely in that same dilemma. Yeah, and I think that is definitely true. I know that if somebody's really into it, if you can sell them a second book in the series within a few months, it's huge because they're already, you know, it's fresh in their minds. They really want to get their hands on the next piece of it. So that's right. They're good advice. All right. So how's it done? Have you been happy with the results so far? It's been pretty slow. And I think that has more to do with my lack of involvement as compared to the Weaver series yeah. whenever I first launched it. In comparison, you know, I haven't had a TV interview locally. You know, I have had a book signing, but I haven't had multiple signings. Yeah. I'll be doing the Lubbock Con event here locally, I believe, at the end of May. Oh, cool. And this time it's going to be two days long instead of a day long. <laughs> so it's going to be really interesting. And I love those. I love going to cons just because Ooh. of all the interesting people that you meet. So. Yeah. And so how does that work? You take your books and you sell them in a booth or you go and you present? How do you handle the con event? Well, Melody Robinette and I have shared a booth before. And so we're going to share a booth again. Seems to work better whenever you have two authors at a table so that if you're work complements one another. You know, she was at the time fantasy and I was sci-fi. So it was easy. Like, oh, you don't like sci-fi? Well, here's some fantasy. <laughs> if you don't like fantasy, here's some right. sci-fi. But they're similar enough that it isn't like, you know, comedy and horror or something like that. Yes. Yeah. And I and I can't stress enough. I see some people and not knocking it because who knows the reasons that they need to sit. They could have very good ones. But whenever you're at a table, you know, I would be more involved with the crowd. I mean, I went out and took pictures of people and asked them about their costumes and, you know, engaged in the booths around me and was very enthusiastic. And I didn't just sit in my chair behind the table. Yeah. And I drew people, drew Ooh. foot traffic into our table. And then whenever people came up and they were talking to me and Melody noticed someone was interested, she would talk them up for her series and my series and vice versa. We would, right. you know, help each other. That's so, good. That's great advice. It takes a lot of work. I was totally worn out. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's probably true. Now you get to do it for two days. Woo. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Through that, though, did you sell a lot of books? Uh, yes. We sold a tremendous amount of books. Wow. And it was very fun. And we signed all of them and had conversations with people and just, it was a great time. But I mean, we both sold a ton of books. Mm -hmm. Melody even had a computer set up because they had Wi-Fi at the events and she had prizes where people could come in and if they bought her, no, no, it wasn't prizes. It was if they bought her book online and showed her the receipt for that, then she would give them a print copy, the first book in her series for free. Oh, wow. That's so, a great yeah. Deal. So it is cheaper to buy books online than it is to buy the print version. But that was how she drew people in with hers. And then I had a, I had a giveaway. So I had people give me their contact information to be put in a drawing. And then I had their emails and the like for an email 
mailing list. Yeah, that's and so then smart. and then three different people won the ebook versions of the Weaver series, the whole series. Right. So wow, we had a lot of entrance in that. Yeah, that sounds good. But um, that's a cool we, way to do it. Though. We definitely are gonna, you know, do it again. That's probably an event that we'll do every year. Yeah. I think if it keeps being that successful. Yeah, exactly. It's definitely yeah. worth it. Then, and it's a good way to just make a lot of good connections too. I would think. Yes, absolutely. Well, we even had people that watched us working and, you know, were interested in having a booth with us at other cons. Unfortunately, her and I both have pretty restrictive to travel day jobs. Yeah, that's <laughs> We true. can't just take off and go places. So. Could be the con tour gals. <laughs> that, yeah, that would be pretty cool. Maybe someday. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Okay, so let's talk about the awards. Now, I know you're preparing some today. I know this is a really good strategy. We've talked to a lot of authors about using that as a strategy to bring attention to your work. So why don't you tell us what you've put together and kind of which books you've put in for these contests? Well, the particular contest that I'm prepping for for this month is the Oklahoma Writers Federation, Inc., and you can join to be a member at large. I believe it's $25 annual fee. And then they have a contest every year where you submit in January, and they have a conference in May. Now, you don't have to attend the conference, but this year I am going to go because they have Kelly Armstrong, who's one of my favorite oh. authors of Paranormal. And she's a New York Times bestselling author. She's going to be speaking. So I'll be going. And it's the very beginning of May. But And then they announce the winners there. And anyone who can't go, they announce, of course, all the winners online. There's, I think, over 30 categories wow. for unpublished and published works, even. I'm just entering all the unpublished categories for short fiction. I mean, not, not all of them, but <laughs> I'm entering some of them. And last year, I won second place wow. in one of the categories that I entered, and I got a lot of extremely good feedback. So I am encouraged to, you know, enter in again this year and attend the conference, and it's a great way. It's the the first place, because I have attended in the past, it's the first place I ever had a pitch with an agent wow. whenever I had not yet self-published, and it was, it was a lot of fun. That's cool. And you're putting up things that aren't out in the world yet. So you couldn't say it was the blah, blah, blah that we've read, right? Oh, no. Yeah. These are things that no one but the Lubbock Writers chapter has read. Ah, new, so. new things. Very cool. Mm -hmm. And are there other ones that you've entered? Other contests? Yes. In the past, yes. But this year so far, no, not yet. Not yet. All right. One of the things that I've done... Over the last years, I worked way too much on podcasts. No offense, podcast guests, uh, you know, <laughs> listeners. But instead of working on things like getting an audiobook and entering contests. So hopefully this year, I'm going to make some free time and start getting more into that because I, mean, I can say I've never lost a contest, but that's only because I've never entered. <laughs> Not the best well, bragging rights, so. These are really great. It's just a great way to meet other writers as well from out, outside your own state and in person. Yeah. And I've, I had never met this woman named Winona Bennett Cross, who's also a published author. She writes romance so far. 
And we met over Facebook. And the first time I went to the conference, her and I just decided to be roommates. She picked me up from the airport. And we had a great time at the conference. And we'd never met before that. And then we've been friends ever since. And she's a retired nurse. Wow, that is uh, really neat. Yeah, so we talked to lots of authors and like Susan Spann comes to mind when you're saying that and she's part of the Colorado, I think the Colorado Writing Conference or whatever. And she says the same thing, like now it's like her family, she goes back to all these people each year, you keep seeing the same people and they were just so friendly to her and I think she won an award, you know, so it's very appealing. I, I have the same issue as you, I've got kids and it's hard for me to necessarily go to a lot of conferences, but to maybe pick one like you're doing, you know, and and just play with that and see who you can meet and how it turns out, you know, so. True. And I've also been reading up on some different writing books that are just quick reads, like on structure. There's some great ones out there by James Scott Bell, and he's a pretty... I don't want to say well off because I'm not talking about money. <laughs> well known. Well known. <laughs> Ooh, a writer that can't find words. <laughs> it's yeah, late. My book. It's yeah. late for you. That will give you that excuse. <laughs> yeah, I need to be asleep right now. But <laughs> thankfully, this interview, I have not knocked over a lamp. Not yet. So. There's still time. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> and if you wonder what we're talking about, last week we aired the blooper reel, and we're talking about Vaughn's first interview that we did with her last year. <laughs> It sounded like she knocked over all her booze bottles, but it wasn't. Yeah. It was her lamp and her. Yep. And it, it didn't help that I had had a glass of rum before that. <laughs> and I was feeling a little bit relaxed because it was my first podcast interview. Yeah. So I wasn't sure if I would be too nervous. And, you know, you guys made me feel very welcome. Okay. So I relaxed immediately and then knocked over a lamp. <laughs> well, let me tell you, if you all are enjoying this interview with Vaughn, you should definitely listen to her first interview. And that particular interview is the reason that she won the Most Inspired Storytelling Podcast Award this year. We took a clip from that and people voted and she got the most votes. So it's definitely a good interview, lots of good information. One of the things that that Vaughn talked about in that interview and in the clip that we chose was using science articles to inspire some writing. So it's quite interesting, and that's what we were talking about at the beginning of this podcast. Very good way to get some good ideas, especially for a science fiction author, is the actual legitimate science that's going on out there. So very good. Well, is there anything else you'd like to share with us, Vaughn? I'm trying to think right now, and I'm thinking, no, my mind has gone completely blank. (laughs) (laughs) That must mean we've covered it all. I guess. I guess I just poured all that out, and I'm I'm done now. (laughs) Well, good. That's good. Well, thank you so much for joining us on Blondie and the Brit. It has been a lot of fun. Make sure you go check out The Blood Key. Why don't you tell the audience where they can find you and where they can find your books? I am at www.vaughnmurphy.com. That's V-A-U-N-M-U-R-P-H-R-E-Y. So, of course, spelled incredibly hard. And then uh, most people say V-A-U-G-H-N, and then they call my last name Murphy. And then Amazon is where I have all of my work posted currently. And one day I hope to diversify and go to other markets such as iTunes. And I don't know, I'm not 100% about Nook, but hopefully they'll be around for a long while. Yes. Well, let's hope so. Yeah. So when you're ready to do that, please let me know because I've got a couple. You probably know this too, but I've used D2D and Smashwords to kind of diversify 
all the different areas that you can branch out to. Now, do you publish Amazon KDP or Select or anything like that? Yes, I'm only on Amazon currently. Right. And there's advantages to that for those of you who are not completely versed in all that. If you are exclusive with Amazon, they give you more more of your royalties, but you also don't have your book anywhere else. So it's just a mixture. So, well, yeah. Well, in print, I do. In print, I have it on barnesandnoble.com. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Right. That is just for the ebook. But anyway, so different authors have different strategies. I know people that have sworn by strictly doing with only with Amazon for ebook and other people that really like having it in a lot of different places. So good information to have. And so Vaughn, well, it's been great hanging out with you again. I've loved every second and I hope you continue writing. I look forward to hearing about your next project. Thank you. And thank you for having me. You're welcome. Please join us next week where we welcome Terry Person. He is the winner of Suzanne's favorite author from last year from our award show. And he is an author, probably one of the most diverse authors we've had on the program, writing all different types of genres. Plus, he's a writing coach and speaks at conferences and has a lot of really good information. So you're not going to want to miss this one. Join us then. You can find our show notes and more information about our podcast at blondieandbrit.com. That's B-L-O-N-D-I-E-A-N-D-B-R-I-T.com. 